It's a brand new season on the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast, and our first special guest is Kevin Fowler, the owner of TKDS Sports. We'll talk about Kevin's past, building the platform up from scratch, covering area schools and events, and of course, local sports. You got it here on the local Sunday Sports Podcast. But first, a word from this sponsor. Hi, this is Lee W. Mallon of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and I'm here to talk to you about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. The podcast talking local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio area sports. Listen on your favorite podcast platforms by visiting cindaypod.com. That's C-I-N-D-A-Y-P-O-D.com. Intro theme is Overdrive by Matrika from Upbeat.io. Here's your host, Lee W. Mowen. And on the other end, it's Kevin Fowler of TKDS Sports. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing great, Lee. Glad to be on your show and and get a chance to talk to you. Absolutely. Uh, You're one of the guys I wanted to have on my podcast, and we're getting this episode done. So let's begin. Uh, Where are you from? Well, I originally grew up in San Diego, California, and uh, transplanted myself with the military back in the 80s overseas. And when I came back to the United States... After a long extent overseas, I uh, retransplanted myself here to the Midwest in Michigan and Ohio. So I've been uh, a little bit all over the place, mainly all over the world. And what was the process like of winding up in the Dayton area? Like, why did Dayton, Ohio call to you? Well, there's this place here called Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. And since I was doing kind of what I do now, but with a different spin, uh in uh, video with drones and video into command centers and video distribution. That was big here with the Air Force out of Wright-Patterson and the companies I worked for here actually provide that service to the military. And that's where my expertise was for years. And so uh, that's how I ended up in Dayton as a contractor on Wright-Pat. Would you say that that experience in video was the reason why you wanted to start up TKDS Sports? It was one of the reasons. Um, again, we, we never thought of being a sports network at first because we were doing video drone data collection and data processing and 3D modeling and agriculture and construction and real estate and, and you know, just the ecosystem of what drones were coming in the commercial world. But we were also, myself, doing drones in the military side of the with their sensors and their videos and, and all sorts of sensors from the past for years. 
So what was your first job into that field? Because it sounds very fascinating and it's something that, you know, not everyone gets a chance to do work with drones, work with video and technology like that. When did you say, hey, this is what I want to do? Well, back in 1984. Yeah, that's my age. I'm old. Um, <laughs> I, I joined the military. I, I first came out of high school and I was going to be an accountant thought, oh, I, I do accounting. And I went to the military and I became a material control and accounting specialist, which was a short term for a parts specialist, warehousing, counting beans in, beans out type things of parts of, of the military equipment. I learned about after one year that that was not my forte. And I had started going to college to do accounting. And I realized back then we were still doing spreadsheets on paper. And I worked for a guy that had 45 pizza restaurants and he never, ever liked computers and we were just getting into computers with with lotus and stuff like that back in the day i mean this is old school stuff green screen everything he hated them so we did everything by hand and numbers started going together one day and these big long spreadsheets and these tickets that the girls for the restaurants were writing it was a very successful italian restaurant had lots of work and i had three restaurants underneath me as a young accounting entrepreneur i guess you would say uh, I realized that wasn't for me real quick. So I went and, and met the army recruiter and went from the national guard in California to the army and became a long range radio surveillance guy working with radio communications and antennas. Cause back in that day, we didn't have video for surveillance. It was all listening and Morse code and all that stuff. So I did that for years back all the way into the early, uh, early nineties. And then I got out for an extent and worked for some cell phone manufacturers as the smartphone world was spinning up out in Europe before it was here in the U S and then I started working with that security cameras and smartphones and all that sort of technology overseas in Greece and England and all over the place in Europe. That got me to where I came back to the U S and still in the military again in about the 2000 era and got into the video side of the, the aspect of collecting and, and data and stuff like that. So it was a different world than the audio side of things, but it gave me a good understanding of computers, computer networking networks, computer networks and video, which all play a factor in today's broadcasting. It's just not a camera shooting a video. It's a distribution of that, that equipment and it's how the, the radio waves with audio work with it. It's, it's a three-legged stool. So I thought that, that answered the question a little bit. But Absolutely. yeah, it was the military yeah. got me into it. So you mentioned briefly that originally uh, it wasn't supposed to be a big sports network. But take me through the process of turning it into what it is today with TKDS Sports. Well, again, like I said, we started out, I had very good knowledge of data, uh, data analytics and data scientist stuff with high end sensors um, that would be able to tell you information about plants and, and agriculture and construction and materials and stuff. So we were taking that technology I learned in the military parallel parlaying it with my wife's knowledge of unmanned systems and aerial uh, vehicles and my son's ability to fly drones and created a company doing wind turbines, solar panels, all sorts of different stuff in the commercial space. But people knew I knew how to do video after that. And they started asking me, hey, can you put drones on sports? And people were looking at it. And and we looked at it and, and come to the conclusion that it's still not ready yet. It's getting there, but it's not ready yet for primetime sports. 
Um, so we started looking at that and then somebody asked me, Hey, you got these camera and we were trying to figure out this streaming thing. And we worked in, uh, early 2016 or so with some sling studios and streaming and distributing video over an internet network and stuff like that. So we grabbed hold of that. And some people asked us to film some of their basketball games and some peewee football games for their kids and stuff. And it was a hobby. It was never thought to be a network at that. We did that and we started hearing all the stories and you'll, you'll really like this one. The stories of how in the Dayton market and a lot of markets across the U S you don't see coverage of prep sports, high school sports, local sports, community sports, or even the semi pro sports in a market anymore. The newspaper is gone. The TV does what they can, but they can't cover everything that goes on. There's a massive amount of sports happening in every location every city all the time. So they just can't cover it all. So it gets put on the back burner and gets very little coverage to no coverage. And you know, this very well being in this market here in Dayton had the same problem. And we kept hearing these stories of there's no coverage. There's no coverage. So we said, you know, I was watching at that time, the army Navy game. And I saw the home Depot game of the week, army Navy, you know, primetime sports, whatever type show. And I said, that's a way to do it. Let's build a show for two shows covering the area sports and have game of the week tailgating at the schools, make a big shoe for the week of the two schools you pick and do up a big thing for them. And that's what we were going to do. Well, we started to build that network out, figure out our technology and what we wanted to do and built a small little network to handle that and distribute it. And then all of a sudden COVID hit. And when COVID hit the priority for schools and the need for the schools changed so drastically that we got thrusted into a larger scale network for them. And I think when we were providing the first COVID year of schools getting to where they had limited capacity, we had the GWAC. We had out of the eight schools, we did all seven schools, but besides Northmont, Northmont went a different round at that time, but we did seven schools and we did seven schools for soccer, boys and girls, volleyball on the girls side and football on the boys side. And we realized real quick that covering those sports alone, and, and I thought like the normal thing, oh, we'll build a channel for school. It'll be the Miamisburg channel. And, and I'll give you a story. We walked into our first event in Miamisburg where we were going to do a soccer game. Mm-hmm. And they had a volleyball game going on at the exact same time that needed coverage. So I had two teams in Miamisburg. But I was also looking like, but I have one Miamisburg channel. I can't put two videos on one channel. So I learned real quick what it was going to be like to support seven schools in four or five sports during a Monday through Saturday, but basically taking Sunday off, sometimes working Sunday only and build it up over and over and over. And, and we just grew. So that's how it grew into the network it is. And then we've kind of paired it back a little bit, but that's how it got to be as big as it is. And once you start down that path, it sucks you in. I mean, the recommendation, if you're not in it already, be aware it sucks you in and you got to find a way to provide it because customers want it. If you provide a product for them to view, you're going to see the need is there. Even if the, uh, say the, the, the need on, we're still figuring our way through what this post COVID looks like. Right. Yep. So the need is there today for this type of network and this type of viewing, because people are not able to make it to some sporting events, but it's not like you need to be at every game, cover every game or provide a high end broadcast play by play on every game it's just not there yet so but that's how we got to as big as we are today 
So you mentioned that the first event was at Miamisburg and there were two events going on at the same time at MHS. So walk me through after that. How did the multiple video channels form and what was the growing process after that first night with Miamisburg? Well, you know, at the same time, we had other schools doing stuff, too. It seemed like we just learned real quick that one channel per school wasn't enough. So I have a background in in software development, data scientists and data websites and stuff. I'd done that for years in other businesses and in the military and with the video stuff in the UAV. So I understood that world. So we looked into buying software from a bunch of the vendors. I mean, you, you see it everywhere today. You see Boxcast, you see Venmo, you see all these providers of services and even to a point flow to a point where they have all these back-end networks set up and they say, send us your video, we'll distribute it and sell it for you and blah, 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 blah. And then you just become a little producer on the end, but you don't have control over your, your product in the end. We did something totally different. We completely from scratch, we took another software that we knew that was doing something different, still within the same space of video, but distributing it totally different and started to redesign their interface and their system to work on our, for our platform. And what we ended up developing was TKDS sports network, the video side, um, and ended up having, we have 26 channels right now, all on Roku, all on Amazon fire stick onto our Facebook pages for social media, Twitter, and everything else, but distributing it through a network now of 26 events I can put on at one, any given time which we have found out is very important for individual sports versus if I have a basketball game, I can put one game on a channel, no problem. Go to a court where you have three basketball games. Go to a track and field event where there's eight events happening at the same time or a wrestling match where there's six mats happening at the same time. The customer watching doesn't want to watch one mat or cut to this, cut to that, like you've seen in the old sporting shows where if you ran the Olympics, you did the mainly the running and cut in highlights of the other stuff as it happened. And you recorded a lot and never showed a lot live. Well, in high school and below sports, the non-professional sports, the prep sports, grandma and grandpa, aunts and uncles, mom and dad want to see the kids play live or when they're playing, they don't care about Johnny. That's not wrestling on Matt four. They want to see Johnny on Matt five. And if you don't show Matt five, they don't care. They're not going to pay you to watch it. So you have to provide six mats, eight, eight channels to give them the opportunity to watch Johnny when Johnny is wrestling or Johnny's running or when Mary is high jumping, you know, the boys and girls, their parents and their grandparents and their family, that's the only way you're going to get them to pay for it as a pay-per-view to help cover cost is provide multiple viewing capabilities. So the multi-view aspect is very huge for us. And we've, we've developed being able to do an event sporting event not just a sport, a game, but an event of sports and you provide multiple viewing. So it's grown in many dramatic forms that way, but it's also let us sell our software to what we call our affiliate networks. Like we got an affiliate network right now in Alabama and balling down South. He uses our network and our software to run his mobile County sports show that he does. And we got a guy in St. Louis that does about five or six high schools and he puts his content on our network. And when somebody buys it, they, they get every, all of our network. So we kind of share content and syndicate it to a point. So it's it's a pretty big deal. But we, we ended up making it ourselves and developing ourselves based on what we've seen from our needs as a broadcaster and a producing company 
and our need for a consumer to say, hey, I loved the, watching the wrestling. You did a great job, but I never got to see my kid because they were always on Matt 5 and you highlighted Matt 1 and you never got there. He could have been the fourth place wrestler. It didn't matter. Grandpa never got to see his kid wrestle until the day we put Matt 5 on the camera. So... Take me through some of the challenges of having multiple views at one event where you're covering, let's say, wrestling and there's six mats and you have a camera on one, two, three, four, five and six. What are some of the challenges? And that's a lot of broadcasting gear, isn't it? That it, it, equipment, equipment, <laughs> equipment. You're right. I mean, you you've you've hauled some of that in for a single show, but you start doing multiple events. You got to think. The, the software we use on the backside can handle a lot. I can I use a piece of software that is is well known in the industry. I mean, people are using in broadcast television, so it's not weak in its sense. So we didn't go to a phone base. Like we started with Switcher Studio and looking at what they had. We started at Sling Studios and, and I own three of those guys and seen what they had and realized real quick that if we're going to be a major broadcaster, we needed to go to a more robust system. So we grabbed on real quick to vMix, which a lot of people don't get to in the beginning. But again, with vMix and our capability and scripting and stuff, we're now going to roll out some things with vMix in some of our shows that is just going to be, you're not going to see it in a normal guy that's, you know, got a camera, a phone or a microphone in their house or in their studio doing a broadcast. I mean, anybody can put a split screen, two people, two cameras up and put a mic on them and talk, but transition in, bring in video, bring in highlights, do a show like you see on ESPN or on Fox news or something is very different. And and that's what we went for. So it's equipment to be able to bring in the content and uh, hardware to be able to handle the processing of the video, because what we're very good at is we, we most everywhere we go, we bring our own internet with us. And and most of that internet is cellular and on very low signal strength. I can get out of stream still because of the software I, and the hardware I have. We spent a lot of money in software and hardware to be able to develop a good encode and distribute on premise and be mobile. So it's not like I have a big truck or van out in the back end where everything's going to and a lot of power going out. So I put the studio on the street. My studio is in my computer box and in my system that it talks to online to deliver the product to the customer. So it's that. And then the other big, big thing, Lee, and you know this well too, is production people. Mm -hmm. Trying to get people that I, I want guys like you and stuff that come and work for us to be able to be announcers. What you're good at, your forte, not have to press scoreboards and connect scoreboards and, and switch this camera or press that replay button and so on. It's been very hard in the past few years to develop and, and, build production people there's not enough production and camera people in our fields so a lot of times we'll do a game where the commentator is running a camera or there's a still camera and he's changing the scores when they score lower you know games like soccer and stuff where they're not so high scoring real quick we can get away with that but football or basketball or something like that we need two or three people so personnel has been a big challenge um Anybody thinking on doing multiple schools and multiple or a conference schools and covering lots of sports, some of the people we know, uh, I've been down that route. And I'll tell you, it's very scary to try to figure out. We went on one payroll cycle. I'll give you an example. We went up in one false round. We're using students at some point because we had to, because we wanted to, and we thought it'd be good to train them. 
students and the adults we had working for us, we had 67 employees through the, the winter season in basketball. We did over two to 3,000 games last year in basketball alone. Wow. In, in one season. That's a lot of basketball games. And, and the finals and so on and so forth, right? And you worked there with us. You saw what it was like. We found different ways to support the sport, right? Yep. The thing about it, Lee, is it took one payroll, and people don't realize this, $17,000 in one two-week payroll cycle. That's a lot. that many people to cover 40 games that week. That's a lot of pay. And that's not paying the best. I'm not the highest paid person at that time. And we're working our way up with sponsors and stuff. But we were middle of the road, a little bit better than most. But we paid all our camera people. We didn't like uh, volunteers to come in. The high schoolers, we didn't say come in and volunteer for school credit. We gave them a little stipend to be at the game. And we paid our, our talent to be at the game as best we could at the time. And we did it all without advertisers. So it was all fan base, pay-per-view supported and personally supported myself. So, I mean, that 17,000 in two weeks, that's, uh, that's a lot of people that's, you know, but again, that just shows that you care and you want to grow this to, you know, what it's going to become, which more on that a little bit later, but let me ask this heading into your first event at Miamisburg and afterwards, did you think TKDS sports would grow like it is? Well, it, it had grown so fast, so quick. I think when we first talked to the GWAC athletic directors um, that first year, we believed we could do it, what they wanted. We believed we, we can, we know we had the capability to do it. It was just staffing it, right? Mm-hmm. And and then all of a sudden, uh, D- D- Dayton came up and they were trying to come out of COVID and start their stuff. So we we stretched ourselves a little, little then and tried to do it, but they struggled to get their program off that year too in basketball season, but we did it. But what it did was it gave me the capability to field 15 individual camera teams out. So I had the equipment to do it and I had the stations to do it. The personnel here and there, we had to do it and we, we made it happen, but I never expected to stay that way in that. And so we always knew that somewhere along the line and last year was a good test to see as we came out of COVID and fans were coming back to the stadiums, and don't get me wrong, I love for the fans to come to the stadium. There's nothing like being at a football game, a basketball game, or a big rivalry game, and all the fans being there. That supports the school, supports the kids, and it's awesome to do that. Nothing like that at all. And we hope what we do supports that. But there are those times that parents cannot be there. So it makes our revenue from COVID when it was high and we gave a lot of money back to the schools because of COVID year to the next year, our revenue was down drastically because of COVID being gone and people back in the stands. And so we're turning more to providing live services to people that can get there because they got work or they're out of town or alumni or family members, rivalry games and stuff like that and distribute the content differently. Um, that that's what we're seeing happen in this change for us because we know that, and it's not that every game doesn't deserve to be streamed because it all deserves to be streamed one way or another. There's multiple. I mean, I have never seen a place or, or a technology that has so much competition to just try to get a game on air, but everybody trying to stream a game on air never thinks, how do I pay for that game to be streamed on air professionally? Right. 
Mm-hmm. And like you got the NFHS network, they all stream a game for you with their cameras and put it on for you. And, and it's okay. Probably 70, 60, 70% of the time you get an okay experience with them without commentating. That helps set a bar for what a price point is, what people are willing to pay to watch just a game with no commentating. But I got to see the game. I got to see Johnny score his point. He hit a home run. I'm happy about that. I got to see it. Now, when you bring in the game aspect and you start play by play and you say, Johnny's up to bat and it's his first and he hits a home run and he gets all excited. Now, grandma and grandpa are like, wow, that was really cool. That's an experience, right? So there's that different level happening. And we're seeing that separation right now. I think this year you're going to see some people come late to the table and try to cover a lot of sports with pay-per-view. Um, and I think that ain't going to work. You're going to have a lot of people trying to do their sport network of the single guy or a couple friends trying to do a cover a team and be on Facebook and YouTube, which to me is very bad for the sports because if, if a school ain't controlling their sport content through a provider like me or some of the other ones out there, they're giving away their content to the social media platforms. I'm not saying don't market, don't hype, don't highlight on it, but I wouldn't put the full game on it because that's your revenue. Would you let somebody come into your game on a Friday night and not pay to get into it? Probably not. So why would you put it out for free on Facebook and YouTube just to get views? It ain't doing you any justice as a school. And in fact, I would say more people would start staying at home and watching it on their TVs on Facebook and YouTube, which you can do YouTube on your TV now and not come to your game and your revenue will go down, which will be bad for broadcast people because the streaming versus broadcasting are two different things. And and so to kind of tie back around to your question, I never seen it staying what I thought the first year would be, even though that first year with Miamisburg and stuff and the GWAC schools, they told us we never expected you to do as much as you did. And we got probably, I'm going to say 70% of what we promised to do. We did, mm-hmm. if not more, but um, we really hit a wall once we got to springtime and how are you going outdoors and how do you go to a baseball diamond that has no power and different stuff came into play. Um, and just the sure volume of what people wanted, the demand was high, but the revenue, the revenue hasn't met demand yet. Is that a good way to say it? I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I, to, I, to make I understand it, that. To make it a, everything needs to be on the network. I think right now, Everything needs to be on a network in some way, some fashion. It doesn't all have to be broadcast level. Does that make sense? Maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, let me ask for TKDS Sports, what all has the network covered? And I've been a part of it for, what is it, two years now? Something two, like going that. Going on three, I think. Yeah, yeah. Close to three, maybe. Two and a half, maybe. We'll go with that one. I think it was a hockey COVID year where I joined up oh, with TKDS yeah, right. Sports because yeah, that was yeah. that was oh. that was pretty cool. But oh, we need to get back to hockey some way. We've got some thoughts in mind, but you, know, you wait, leave. Hockey's a big. You know me. I love doing that. Had a yeah. had a graphics, everything. People were loving it. Just the venue was the problem. So, um, so so what was your question again? Sorry, uh, I derailed you. No, that's fine. Uh. All the sports and teams that TKDS has covered, because it's not just G-Walk with the, uh, you know, seven of the eight, now A of the eight, since, you know, there's that new NFHS partnership that TKDS has. But who's all been covered? Well, I can tell you what we cover. Anything in the high school sports realm. I think I haven't done bowling yet, but we're going to. We did tennis. 
in, in a light version just to cover a senior night for somebody to highlight the kids so their parents can watch them. Mm-hmm. That's like specialty stuff people ask us to do. We, we don't say no often. Pee wee sports, little league baseball, action sports. We were all over them for years. Softball, baseball, stuff at the all the way down to coach pitch baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Even recently, we did some stuff for them and championships with the USSA and TBR and all those stuff, tournaments. Um, we've done um, Pee Wee football. Mm-hmm. With, we've done big stuff there and we've done Super Bowl. So when they go to their Super Bowl in the Pee Wee League, we treat it like a broadcast television Super Bowl. And the, the little kids get to watch ourselves on TV with big graphics and everything. They love it. So we've done that. In fact, I, I can tell you, the coach you, the Coach pitch and the peewee football probably got the most views of any given sport at any time. We had 5,000 people watch a peewee football game or a coach pitch game at any time. It it was insane. Well, I can't say the most because our track and field got a lot too. So Mm -hmm. track and field, it's our goal to not only do the main sports like football, basketball, volleyball, soccer, you know, the bigger sports, but to use them as a platform to get in and do, we've done cross country, we've done tennis, we've done baseball, softball. We're, um, we did track this last year. We figured out a way to do that. And in fact, we, we tried a little bit of track before, but then our big splash was at the state finals for the OHSAA. They came to us and said, hey, could you do this based off what we did in gymnastics for them? And we went up to Ohio University and planned out an eight, to nine camera system, I think we did covering every event. Now, some events weren't probably a hundred percent the way I'd want them to be, but we got room for that for next year. But during the track and field, and it was put on NFHS for the OHSAA had over 9,000 viewers watch it live. Wow. And they loved it. You could see the shot put, which wasn't in the stadium that we put the, it up on the big screen. We had interviews, we had commentating, we had the running events and we had the pole vault and state records and, and national records broke on the pole vault. And it was just phenomenal what, what we were able to do there. And we're looking forward to more stuff like that too. Um, and then on top of that, we've covered semi-pro sports. Um, gosh, I can't even think of all this, but heavy in basketball, heavy, heavy basketball at all levels. We've covered colleges. We started a junior colleges and we did Edison state. We've done some uh, Wilberforce. We've done some Wittenberg and next year we're planning to do a lot more colleges in the area too. And mainly basketball right now, but we're looking at volleyball. I mean, I look at Wilberforce, they've got a volleyball team. They're going to have a baseball team. We'll probably do some of their sports this year for them. They're in a new conference. We've done all-star games for basketball, baseball and stuff. We've done, Highlight games like when OGBR does their journey to the tourney and uh, the one in Cincinnati and around Christmas time and Martin Luther King Day and and tournaments like that where the kids get to come in and play for college coaches to watch them because we put college coaches online for free to watch. So we've done that stuff. And then our other big thing we've we've gotten into for content is we've gotten into boat racing. If people didn't know that, we we follow the APBA, American Power Boat Association, the National Boat Racers Association, and the National Title Series, which are all different style of hydroplane boats all summer long, which is a platform we use to teach people to do stuff, to uh, broadcast their boat racing. So we do that, and we run a boat racing show. Through that, we have a sponsor we're working with there 
that wants us to start doing some go-kart racing, some motorsport motorsport racing, some of your dirt tracks, some of your midget cars, some of your drag strips because they own records based on their uh, product there. And some of our boat racers have auto racing teams that they want us to cover also. So see us, we're, we're going to be going probably this year into next year into motorsport racing too. Kind of that competition there with a little bit of our nemesis to a point, you know, flow sports, they got flow racing, same thing. Um, every year we try to figure something out that we can do different on the program. So last year it was about track and field and the individual sports a little more. This year we launched also our golf channel and we're working towards putting together a higher end golf event, not just cover two holes, even though that's what we've done on this first event we did for testing, but to have multiple cameras out on a golf course, follow teams on the golf course at the high school and college level, have a semi golf channel show on there on our own channel, the golf at TKDSports.com channel to where we can actually go there, set up at the clubhouse, set up a leaderboard, follow teams, follow leaders, cut to the shot on hole 11, cut to the shot on, on eight and prepare that. So when the state of Ohio goes on NFHS, they don't do golf live. Well, we plan to bring in golf live for them and have that capability for them this year and potentially bowling. That's the other one we're trying to target this year. We've also done swimming and diving and gymnastics. So I can say we've covered a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and competitive dance when they asked us to, because that's a sport here in Ohio. It's out of the athletic department. We've done that. And we've done some veteran shows. So we have the ability to do entertainment, music, and stuff like that. But it's not what we go after. We, we are a sports-created network, and we're pretty busy in sports. So... With that being mentioned, what are some of the things that TKDS Sports is going to roll out for the upcoming 22-23 season? And yeah, this one's really big, and it's the reason why I had to change my description on my podcast. But uh, tell me about the new partnership, if you can. Well, first, I can tell you, like I just mentioned, we're going to be going, you know, we got our golf channel coming up. That's a big rollout for us this year, and, and you see, see that happening. And we're working on some very big things for that at multiple levels in the Dayton slash South, uh, Southwest Ohio area, dealing with some colleges and different stuff. So expect that to be a big one this next 12 months. Um, and again, our motorsports, those are two big sporting events. But on top of that, we go back to the same problem we've seen in the coverage of local sports, whether it be youth sports, prep sports, college sports, or semi-pro sports, and even some pro, there's coverage on pro sports in the, the Southwest Ohio area. Now, you do a great podcast show for yours, but there's not much coverage, as you well know, and you hear you talk about it a lot, of sports in the area. But there's a lot going on, so there's a lot of sports out there, right? Yep. There's some kind of stuff, but not. So what we've done is we've worked with the iHeartRadio Network. That's a big, big news right here. I'll announce it right here. You'll see some news coming out in the next few days is we're going to bring local sports back to the iHeartRadio network in a partnership with them with Fox 980. I think it's 980, right? Fox yep. Dayton Sports 980 is where we're going to start. And we're going to run three shows for them this uh, season starting this fall. And they selected some of what they wanted us to do with our audio, and they've selected Friday Night Football is going to be Centerville. Yep. So we're going to cover all Centerville games for them on Friday night. Now, 
we bump up against the Dayton Dragons in content. So as the Dayton Dragons come off their schedule starting around the 20th of September, I think, when they're no longer home and no, no longer around playing, we will be the Friday night football will be live from Centerville or from their away game on uh, Dayton 980. Which is games, huge. Games before that on Friday night will be recorded. They will be live on our network, live on our video broadcast, but also will be recorded to go post game later or sometime will be played later, maybe Saturday afternoon or something. A slot where 980 can fit it in for the earlier games while they're still filling their coverage for the Dayton Dragons. And that's Friday night. So you'll normally see a show probably starting about for us about 630, which will be the countdown to kickoff show. And then we'll roll right into our Friday night football highlighting Centerville sports. And, you know, Centerville is a good team. Absolutely. You know, they, they, they did very well last year and, and they'll probably do very well this year. And it'll be interesting, but they've always done well. They're great school, great athletics uh, for what they do. And that'll allow us a platform to talk Centerville sports throughout different time. And we'll have a halftime show that we're yet to figure out, but that we're going to cut away from the game to a halftime show to give some updates, mid, mid-game update stuff. Then we're rolling out a new show, which is very exciting for everybody. And there's been controversy already on this one, <laughs> as you well know. Um, when is the best time to do this, right? Yeah. Um, so, so we've talked a lot with a lot of people and a lot of stuff. And we picked a time slot from 8 o'clock in the morning to 11 in the afternoon on Saturday morning. We're going to bring back the old talk show where you can call in and talk about your team. What went on Friday night at the football games? Who played who and who did what? Every conference will have a segment throughout the hours in the Southwest region covering their sports and who played what and what were the big games and where do people sit to hopefully, as we we start out, we'll have some call-ins to where people can call in and talk about, hey, were you at the game? What you did? And we'll have some call-in guests, some call-in coaches and and different people. And and in fact, Lee, we're hoping you're going to be part of that segment too on Saturday morning, sometimes bringing those Cincinnati scores from those conferences you're covering with your, your network. You're out there with ESP, a a good network to work for. You'll be covering some of their football games and you hopefully will be able to bring their, uh, your scores into us too on that Saturday morning show. We have yet to talk about it, but I think you will be willing. Yeah. I um spoiler yeah I I'd love to help out on that definitely and yep. hey you know me I love my Cincinnati Dayton sports and I follow you know some of the smaller schools around here because I went to some smaller schools in Twin Valley South and Valley View so yeah having a sports uh, score show like that is it's huge and I love it and and as it morphs it'll morph more syndicated across the state and we'll cover more markets in the state as it grows. But we're going to start out in Southwest Ohio, start out in Dayton, Cincinnati, and and cover that and let people come call in every now and then and talk about it. Maybe we'll find those two or three people that always go to the game to have something to say about that game and the refs and what happened. And so maybe the ref will call in and say what his call was like if it was a controversial call. He was on the on the field, not us, right? Maybe we yeah. get him on air. We shall see what we can do as I, we go through this. I want to hear the refs call in and complain about the fans. You know, fans complain it, about the refs. Where are the refs complaining you know, about the fans, you know? I, I think the refs sometimes have some great, you know, I was a referee for many years up in Michigan, about 10 of them. Didn't really do football as much as I did at our sports, but I can tell you, we have a respect for what the fans say and do, and we get, especially in baseball, it's a heckle thing, right? Yeah. We know, we know, and we have a, a good way to bite our tongue sometimes. But 
we just asked, or the referees just asked, respect us like we respect you. You got your opinion. I got mine. I got my job to do, and I'm trained, and I got position, position, position. That's all I can say. <laughs> Give the ref his credit. Maybe he saw something we didn't. Who knows? Yeah. It's angles, right? They but, got they got the better view than anyone. They're right on the field. Right, but here's the deal. Everybody has an opinion, and that's what we want to hear. What are your opinion about that big game? Professionally, of course. Yeah, so, yeah. So that's what we're, we're going to do on our Saturday morning shows as we morph that and grow that and talk about what went on Friday night in the area. And we think that's a perfect time because it's just before, right when they're starting. And right when we're done with that show, it's wrapped up beauty and put on the podcast network for iHeartRadio network. And it'll go out and you can listen to it anytime. So you can catch it wherever. There's no rushing to get home. You don't got to get in an accident flying down the road to make the 11 o'clock TV show or like they used to do in the old diner or barber shop where you go to, you know, the movies were always great on showing that. When you go talk in the barbershop with the boosters about the game last night, good or bad or ugly, here we're going to bring it Saturday morning. Go home, relax, think about what you want to talk about, and come talk to us Saturday morning while the JV or before the JV plays. And there's also some more streaming audio uh, material coming for TKDS Sports as well. Um, well, there's another big show that's going to come. We, we've synced into three big shows right now with iHeartRadio and the 980. Right now, it's on our Monday platform. We will have the four to six o'clock, two hours to talk about local sports. Now, it's going to be very heavily weighted towards prep sports because that's the most of the sports in the area. But you might see an hour of prep sports, a half hour of college sports, and a half hour to 15 minutes of all-inclusive sports to include events that are going on in the area. We'll talk a little boat racing, what's going on in August in boat racing. A lot of people don't know how famous Dayton is for boat racing. To include Eastwood Lake, what it used to look like back in the 80s and the 70s when world championships, and it's one of the few lakes you can set a world record on. And last year, there was three of them set here. That comes here every year, and people just don't know about it. So we're going to try to tell you events that might be a league softball it might be sportial who's doing kickball tournaments it might be the the mud volleyball tournament going on and it might be a biking or a 5k or the air force marathon or something's going on for people to go out and do and be involved in sports in the local area and they have no clue where to find out about it well we're going to add some of that in too so it's going to be all inclusive heavily weighted towards prep sports because there's a lot going on but also weighted towards the other sports and their segments that come in the other thing we're doing is we're going to stagger state segments. So first Monday of every month might be these two guys talking about these sort of stuff. And this is our topics for that Monday. The second or third Tuesday every month, it might be a women's and sports topic where it's going to be heavily weighted towards female sports and what's going on in the prep school and female sports. That being said, we want to skew it towards that sort of environment Maybe we'll have some guests in to talk. Maybe we've got some things in the work. And another big thing is Jim DeBelt. Everybody knows Jim DeBelt in women's basketball. He's going to bring back his women's basketball show on the network. It'll show up on one of those segments of the one Monday show throughout a month. Once a month, that show will have a segment on it. And there'll be multiple things that he'll be talking about to, to highlight. And you'll see more of his press releases coming out about it soon. But then what happens is on their off weeks, they have the opportunity to put their show on the TKDS Sports Network because we have our own radio channel with TKDS Sports social media and our new website. 
sportsnow.tkdsports.com, which will be a radio-based, audio-only channel with podcasts like yours and different stuff for people to listen to, to include our affiliates down in Alabama and St. Louis, but soon to be uh, our new affiliates, our TKDS Florida branch, which will be actually doing stuff in Florida. So um, down in the South there with a couple of uh, big name players down there. So um, they'll have a couple shows and they'll have the game of the week too. So it'll all wrap into that sports now where you're going to see about live sports, talk shows, and just sports information in general on that site to try to bring that content out when we're not on iHeart. Um, and then hopefully over time, iHeart will slowly give us more days and we'll just start filling up a daily calendar for iHeart if it goes well. And people will be able to get more content about the local region on iHeartRadio and uh, be a good thing. That's what we hope. So basically 980 is going to have local sports again. And it's not just Dragons and Miami football, basketball syndicated or Wright State. It's actually going to be local sports. Which, again, I had to go back and change the description of this podcast because I can't really say it's not on Dayton Sports Radio anymore, especially if, you know, you're helping out the cause. Yeah. And, and you know, you think about it. We, we look at it from that respect. We listen to the market. We listen to you guys talk about it. That's what started me doing these videos and doing streaming was people saying there wasn't coverage. And then how can we do it in this new era? Now I'm taking new era technology that we've done and morphing it with our broadcast network over a radio broadcast, a podcast broadcast and over airwaves. So now when we talk to sponsors, one of their big thing is they couldn't get past reach, reach, reach. Uh, TV and radio has reached, but they have a dying customer base. Mm. So now we have that reach along with our growing streaming broadcast type of a basis with Roku and Hulu and Facebook and YouTube and everything else we're doing. All our shows promote sports and promote the sporting events we cover. So we put all those on every social media platform we have. I think with my boat racing show that we do twice a week right now, um, we put it on 15 different platforms mm-hmm. just to mass distribution. So it's reach in a different way. So we'll have traditional reach with the radio and a new style reach with our, our broadcast network. And one day, you never know, in some markets, we're definitely done. Like, we've done it in Alabama, where we were on local television, too. It's just hard here to figure out that local TV connection to make it happen affordably for everybody. But we'll start with with radio. I'm happy with that. I, I love iHeart. We've worked with them. We've come up with a great concept. We, we've worked through a couple bugs, and we've done the technical side. And, and actually, our plan right now is to launch our first Monday show, August 1st. Okay, that's uh, that's two like, Mondays from now. Yeah, two Mondays from now. Our first show for the Saturday morning show, we're going to do a show before the first official game where we will talk about the scrimmages and stuff we've seen and what's gone on in practices and stuff and get our bugs out of the way, figure out what our call-in number is, and be ready for the first weekend on the 20th, I believe, is our first weekend game. If I look at the schedules again in life. um. I can I double to, check real quick what week one is for football. I think it's August 19th. Yeah, it's August yeah. 19th is week one. So so our first Saturday show will be the 13th. Okay. Where we're going to cover the pre-show, talk about what we know, what people have seen, let them call in if we can to, about what they've seen. 
And then the 20th will be the first official score update for the official season start. So the first is when we're going to start our Monday show. The 13th will be our Saturday morning show. And then our first live on air is September 20th, right after the Dragons for the uh, for uh, Centerville f- football live on air on 980. But we will have the post post uh, produced as a podcast. It'll still be live on TKDS Sports, both video and audio for them. And then it'll go up on the iHeartRadio network and be simulcast at another time back to 980 to be played again when they have airtime freeze up. It's just that whole Dayton Dragons, they got a contract there to fill, which is great because that's still local, right? Yep. Yep. That's one reason why I listen to 980. Well, technically I listen to uh, 104.7-2 because that's the HD radio and it's better audio quality, but never mind. But but is it still 980? Yeah, yeah, it's just HD radio. So the the sound is a lot cleaner. Um, HD radio is basically like a compressed file and you you can listen to it. I think it's got further reception than AM does because when I'm broadcasting in Springfield, um, normally I'll get the HD feed and I'll have it. But when I had to settle for the AM feed, oh, it was I think I got towards 675 where I can actually listen to the Dragons game without all the static and everything. It's just ugh. but so, so it, the nice thing about. The nice thing about it all is because it's on the iHeartRadio network, mm-hmm. it'll go out both of them. Yep, because uh, we're, we're going to be right connected to their studio and it'll go out both of them. Which so. would be really cool. So so but, that's the cool thing we're doing, too, with this is we're taking traditional radio, podcast radio, digital radio, digital video, broadcast video distribution with Roku and streaming media and social media and tying them all together with our systems so that they're going to pick up the audio off our system and redistribute it with very low latency. It, it, a lot of people tried to do it, but there's not a lot of people. It's, it, thanks to the equipment we use, we're able to, I mean, you saw last year, I could distribute two, three streams with very low bandwidth to people. And and that's how we get on the NFHS network for them too. So, you know, that's a great thing too. I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff that we talk about about them guys too, because they support a lot of schools in the area and, and we're an NFHS partner. And, when you want to highlight a specific game, for instance, and you're an NFHS network and you're putting your games on their channel and that's fine. And people are watching the school's getting their stipend. We can come in for a small fee and do a senior night or a homecoming game and make it a multi-camera big thing with announcing the students names and be more of a special event game for them, a game of the week for them at a low, low fee that sponsors can pay for. And then you got the ability to say, now I'm on my network too, because we're a partner with NFHS also. So iHeartRadio, NFHS Network, and TKDS, we're tying them all together for distribution. Wide, wide, wide distribution. I mean, I know we talked Northmont was an NFHS partner. That was actually our first game, Northmont Metaldale, and I got to do that game. It was really cool. Um, I think Bellbrook is, and being so close to them, that'd be cool. But... Also, one more thing. Um, I presume the partnership with OHSS or OHSAA Radio Network is still going through. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, not everything we do goes out their network. It's only when the OHSAA wants it to, because they work with uh, several different, um, about ninety radio stations to simulcast. So, as you well know, firsthand experience, 
when basketball season comes here in Dayton, they have um, Spectrum provide the actual feed for the game, for video and stuff and the commentators. But they do a side-by-side audio radio broadcast that they simulcast over 90 stations nation in the state of Ohio and to the iHeartRadio network. We provide that simulcast to their network. So that partnership is still there, and I expect from feedback we got, we'll still go strong. Now, when we go up and do swimming or we do gymnastics or we do um, the uh, track and field, we asked them, do you want this on your radio network? And they said no. They weren't paying the fee to put it out on that. So what we'll do for now on is we'll still put it out our radio network because all our odd, all our audio feeds will go out our network, either live or MP3 version for later as a live game on our network and on the iHeartRadio network, all our games to include Tippecanoe News and anyone, Bethel and all those games that we're going to do this year are all going to be there. So that said, you'll see a lot of sports pre-recorded audio wise up and running. Um, so the OHSAA, we're going to work with them that way. When when Tim Street from the OHSA comes in and says, hey, we want you to cover gymnastics, and he knows my capabilities now, he knows what we can do, he'll tell me if he wants it on the radio network or not. Then we'll simulcast it to their provider, I think, which is Starlink, and, and then they simulcast it from there to, like I said, basketball was over 90 radio stations we went out to. Uh, God know how many listeners that was, but that was for them. And that's what they wanted. And we worked with Starlink and iHeartRadio to get that done. So so we talk a lot about the partnerships with uh, TKDS Sports, but who are some of the folks that work with the company? I mean, there's me and, of course, you because you run the operation. But who are some of the other ones that people should know about? Well, we got a lot. I can't name all 67 that <laughs> no, have come through my door. But. I don't expect all 67, just some of the uh, ones that you want right. people to know about. We appreciate all our student workers that work with us through all the turmoil and, and strife we go through and all the, the stressful times at a game that it could be. We, we appreciate all of them that work with us on the production and camera side. But the talent, uh, as I'm going to call them, because that's what commentators are really called, the talent. There's you, of course. I've been on some airs every now and then. There's Jackson Lightcap. He's been with us now got going in years. He's finally, he started with me as a senior and graduated college now with a broadcast degree. So we're happy about that. He's a young adult now. Isn't that crazy yes, to think he about? He, he, he even rents a house now. Can you believe that? No longer living with mom and dad apartment. He has a house that we're building a little studio in for him. It's insane. That's, I mean, just seeing his path in broadcasting, you know, got to be proud of him. Right, right. We also have his partner in crime when it comes to football, our analytical stat guy who is awesome at it, Matt. And just to say Matt, and Matt's a guy who goes to UD right now. He's an engineering student, smart as a whip. Him and Jackson been together, and they went to school together, and they're going to be doing a show together, and they'll be doing Game of the Week football and be doing Centerville football there. We also have, still hanging with the Centerville side of the house, we have uh, a guy by the name of Dave. He comes out of the Cincinnati area. You may have seen him on TV with Spectrum TV. He's out of, um, yeah, you'll see him on the basketball with Spectrum. Dave, he's with us some. Just know him as Dave. We have Ryan who comes in from, from Columbus every now and then and that sort of stuff. And, that, that, and then yourself. And then we have some students out of Cedarville 
that come with us and and work with us as commentators consistently. A guy by the name of John's been with us for a while now. He'll be coming back this year and doing some games, doing some sideline reporting, some different stuff. Then we have on the Tippecanoe side, one of our our MVL schools that we're going to cover in depth this year. And Jim DeBelt runs that crew. And and people know Jim DeBelt from the girls basketball and he's a sports writer and everything else. He He's one of the staples and we running that crew. And he has Haley Bacon working with him and a couple other people that he's got on his schedule work with him. Um, the the coach from Indian Lake last year, Lee did. He comes out and works with us every now and then. Um, uh, he's he's working to how he's going to do. Frank's did, I should say, not Lee. I was thinking you and him. <laughs> he, he He's going to be coming back and working with us. He, he's out taking care of some some things right now for his uh, summer end. And then uh, he'll be out working with us and trying to figure out what to do with that golf channel a little bit with it. And then we have a whole host of people that pop in and out and on, off and on every now and then there's always somebody trying, you know, if you're not refereeing, you're commentating. It seems there's always people trying to get into being a broadcaster. that think they can broadcast that think they're ready for it. And they'll pop in and do a couple games and realize, you know, the money's okay, but, you work very hard to make a living at this at some point. Yeah. <laughs> as you well know. I, I can attest to that. Because all of our talent, all our people are supported by sponsors, right? So we've got to go find sponsors. So we're always looking for salespeople and broadcast people and production people and camera people because we have to do sports, right? So, so that, those are the main few that you'll see on the network at times. What's been one of your favorite compliments you receive with uh, TKDS? I'm going to tell you the one I like the most. And, it, and it's crazy because we had been doing sports for a while and I know people watch and I know people get to watch it, but we were doing a Miami Valley wrestling at the Nutter Center. They had over okay. 50 mats set up. We couldn't cover them all. We, we were highlighting some of them and we synced it up with social media because it was really young youth and we wanted people to have broad distribution in the beginning. So we did on social media and we were taking chat requirements from people. Hey, my grandson's on Matt 12. Can you show me a little bit of that? Can you? And I got a gentleman out of Florida that lives in Florida and his son and grandkids are up here in Ohio said, I've never ever been able to watch my grandson wrestle. It was in sixth grade, getting ready to go into high school. And the next few years where they middle school, you go off of that youth stuff and you start being into the program. Right. So he texted us back and said he was so appreciative. He couldn't believe that he was able to watch his grandson. He never in his life because he's in Florida and can't, he's not mobile be able to i've had lots of those sort of comments and stuff and they're they're great but him not, never being able to see his grandson wrestle and he was so thankful that we got to see him wrestle and we get that a lot no matter what sport we're doing people that can't be there that love it boat racing everything the other big one we get from people is and i love it is uh, we have in-person tech support in the very beginning most of the time and we walk a lot of people through the technology of getting like a Roku channel up because it's one thing to watch it on your computer or your phone on an app. If you're traveling, you're mobile. I get it. But there's nothing like watching it on the Roku, on the big screen TV. It's like watching ESPN on the big screen. You can watch it in high def on a big screen. So why not, right? And we don't charge more for it. It's included in it. You just got to download the app or have Roku. So that being said... We have dealt with very elderly people trying to get online to watch their family play high school sports. And it was a soccer matches. 
that we had some very elderly couples that couldn't get out. It was COVID, everything else, and and all the phone calls to get people. And, and this is going to be one of the funniest ones. We deal with their technology, their router at home, and what are they doing? And plug this in here, plug that in there. And we had one young man. I call him young, but he's an elderly gentleman. Just couldn't get it out right and was plugging his Roku speaker device into another device and couldn't figure out why he couldn't get the TV to work. And we had to figure that out where, yeah, well, it's plugged in. It's plugged in. I know it's plugged into the right spot. And it wasn't, it was plugged into the like VCR or something. And, and instead of the TV and, and we figured it out and we got them on and, and we got them on probably the game had already started and stuff, but we were getting calls during the game and I'd walk out and try to help them. And we get them on just at the time that his kid was scoring a goal. And so it, it, the, the, the joy that you hear on the end, and we always have a statement with grandma and grandpa, we work for Christmas cookies. So don't forget to send the cookies during Christmas for our staff, <laughs> because that's what it is. You, you're not going to get paid extra for the phone call and the hour long. This is how you log in. And, oh, wait a minute, your spectrum router has a problem. Let me get you past that. And, oh, wait, here's how you get on the Internet and, and your computer needs to connect. Oh, you're doing your phone. Here's how you send it to your TV. Oh, you got an iPad. Oh, you got the, I mean, just the myriad of tech support in that sense, just to make sure they can watch a game that we're sending them. A lot of people don't do that. They just download the app, do whatever, make it easy. Well, it's not easy on the consumer side. I can tell you that right now, having helped a lot of them. So our favorite complaints are those that come in from our 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 elderly viewers that are just so appreciative of what we're doing and how they treat us on the, the phone when we're able to get them to that moment to where they can watch their kids play. And we get them calling us, hey, Kevin, do you got the game? I'm trying to get it up. And it'll be just the fact that they forgot how to turn on their Roku. I mean, and, hey. then, and the game's running and we say, all right, yeah, we will know their names and we'll call them out by name. Not going to put anybody on the spot here. And we'll say, you just do this and do that. And next thing you know, it shows up. And they're happy. And then they're texting their, their daughter or, or or their son at the stadium right now, texting the daughter and someone will come up to say, thank you so much for helping my grandma, my mom get online. She got to see him play and we weren't able to do it because we were here at the stadium and you took on all the tech support stuff for us. Thank you very much. And they're very appreciative. That to us is worth a million dollars. That alone is worth a million dollars to us. Because it's satisfaction, it's gratification from our customer base that that that's our favorite compliments. We mentioned some of the new stuff coming to TKDS Sports for 2022, but what are some of your future long-term goals with TKDS Sports? Where do you want to see this company for 2023 or maybe the next decade? What's some of your long-term goals? Wow, that's a great question because every year we try to plan out a sport or something that we can do, and, and we know we can't do everything because of staffing issues and stuff in depth these days. I mean, the, the amount of people you need to cover how much sports is going on in this market is insane. So we're really appreciative of the huddles and the NFHS networks to be able to cover JV varsity level. But we're coming out with a program we're testing with Centerville this year that will take those games like a NFHS network camera or a huddle camera specifically, put them on our network for the fans to watch without us really having to be there, reducing the cost to a school and, but having elementary, well, not really elementary, but may, middle school or in like with Centerville, we're going to put the main gym, the soccer field and the football field on the network with a box 
that they can start and stop the games whenever they want to. And then all the varsity games are going to be commentated. So that'll reduce my labor force to have to be there helping me meet the demand, use the cameras that they've already purchased, yet put it behind a paywall to allow the school to raise funds and deliver a high quality in one location, one place to go get a game. So if you have a ninth grader on the freshman team playing volleyball and then you have a senior playing on the varsity team, your varsity team might get the play-by-play call, but you're still going to see the ninth grader play and you won't hear that, well, I got two kids, one's playing soccer, one's playing volleyball, and I bought it for that, but I didn't get to see this. Now we're going to try to give you everything you can. So the long-term goal is to be able to wrap that product up and deliver to schools in a way that they can get those games and then do highlight games on top of it. Another thing we want to do, and and you'll love this, Lee, because we talked about it in the very beginning, I want to get back to those unique sports. We're already doing gymnastics. We want to do bowling. We're going to do golf. We're going to do track and field. We're going to do those individual sports. But I want hockey back. I want it back. I lived up north. I know hockey's exciting. I know you loved hockey. We're great at calling hockey. We built graphics. We had it going. The schools, we loved it. It was exciting. I want hockey back, right? I want yep. horse racing in. I want horse equestrian stuff in our show, bull riding, you know, those sort of things that you don't see in the area that some of our youth and high schoolers and adults are doing. There's bull riding every week here in Dayton area. Nobody knows about it. Well, the people into it do, but nobody knows about it. Competitive shooting, running, bicycle racing, uh, uh, extreme sports type stuff, triathlons and stuff like that. We're trying to work our way into figuring out how we would do that long-term in the long-term game and stuff. So those are some of the things I think long-term we look for. Let me ask this because you always need talent. You always need bodies to help. If those folks that are listening want to help in broadcasting, maybe sales, maybe production, maybe camera op, what advice can you give and what are you looking for in future talent with TKDS? First, I'm looking for somebody who can see a vision because with everything I just laid out to you, you can't do it without vision. You can't come in and say, oh, this is just a regular job. Check the box, come in, work and be done and it all be handed to you. I don't think you or anybody else that's in this business don't have a little vision for what they want to make a thing to be. You wouldn't even have this podcast if you didn't have vision. Yeah. Point blank. So the most important thing I need people to do is have vision and then take what we see as our vision and find out where they fit in that model for their long term. Because I always tell people, I'm always going to find big things to do. I don't think I won't find the ability to do some event. And we might have a guy that's really into drag car racing or horses or swimming or something. Tell me what your dream is and let me be an enabler and get that content to you. Like with you with ice hockey, I know you love ice hockey. If we can get back to it, we're going to find a way to get back to it, right? If I can do an event every now and then to give you ice hockey, the first person I'm calling isn't Jackson. It's I'm going to call Lee because Lee's the ice hockey guy for us, right? That's your passion. Um, along with other sports, right? And how yeah. to bring as much coverage as we can to the market at all levels, prep, youth, prep, college, professional, semi-professional, and and community-based sporting event or sport activities, whether it be a 5K or an Air Force marathon or something, to the network so people can watch it. Because that's an event that is or isn't being covered. It's an event that is got somebody running in that somebody's family member would like to watch. 
and hopefully maybe a sponsor would help pay for us to get there to do it. So vision's the most important thing. You can always find me on social media to, to talk to me at TKDS Sports on Facebook, at TKDS Sports on Twitter. Um, all my social media, you know, you can email me, Kevin at TKDSports.com or Kevin at TKDSLLC.com. I'll get them both. And, and I'm always looking. I think the demand is way beyond what I can provide. But the most important thing is you have to have vision. And, and, and our sales and marketing right now is a huge need because we're just now to a point where we want to go after sponsors. We have what we want to do. We have numbers. We have quantifiable things to sell. We have reach coming, right? So what we need now is, is a sales and marketing person that can have a vision of what their future wants to be in sales and marketing with a radio slash TV sports network and note that they're in the beginning of it because your job, my job, everybody's job centers around their need of doing sales. So if we can find a sales and marketing person that could help drive the vision, I think we can have, have something here that uh, can go long ways for us. You kind of stole my last question off the <laughs> Sorry about planner. That. That's that's okay. That's fine. I mean, you if if I just send went me the questions ahead of time, I wouldn't it, read ahead. <laughs> but if I go through the list and it's all scripted and it's all the same sounding, so I was like, no, that's I fine. That's fine. But what would you like to see in the future for Dayton, Ohio sports or Dayton, Ohio media? You know, two things. We need coverage. That's for sure. There's plenty out there. Yeah, again, one, I, I, I'm a fairly large providing company but again we know trying to do everything eight schools a conference god bless you know who to try this year to bite it off i learned in the hard way uh do a whole conference is tough and do other stuff still so we need but the thing we don't need is we don't need unprofessionalism we don't need halfway everybody that streams or tries to do it with a telephone, or tries to do it uh, in a way that isn't broadcast quality, hurts the rest of us that are trying to do broadcast level. There are several companies that are broadcast level quality, but be professional about it. Don't just pull out the phone and try to do a game. Don't just try to, don't try to take the easy way out and, and use an iPad and, and try to do a game. There's people doing it. There's, there, and I, I don't think, Parents, don't spend the money just to give grandma the experience of watching Johnny or John play or Jane play because you're spending too much money when you can just buy it for $10 a, a month or a day or a week or whatever. The big game can be seen very inexpensively without you buying a camera, a phone, or using your airtime to watch it. Get Find out who your broadcasters are and, and get with them, and, and they'll probably find a way to have grandma watch the game for you. Um, for your student or for whoever it is. And then last but not least, professionalism. Find a way to distribute it, get software to distribute, and become a professional broadcaster. Stop streaming and be a broadcaster because to me there is a difference in a streamer and a broadcaster. Does that make sense? I agree. I mean, broadcaster, you put in hours into your craft. You do your research. You sound professional. You don't want one team to win or else if you do, then you don't you know, show it. But yeah, I, I absolutely agree on that. And we all have our favorite teams. Hopefully it doesn't come out over air. Sometimes it has. I'm not saying we're all perfect, but professionalism in the way you deliver it, the way you shape it, the way you show it, um, how you broadcast it is important. And, and, and 
learn that you want to be a broadcaster and set yourself to a broadcast. Even if you're streaming and using streaming technology, streaming is a technology. It's not a, a, I mean, too many people have gone, I'm streaming now. Well, you're, you're really, you're using streaming technology to try to broadcast. Broadcasting is what you're doing and you need to think of it in that way and set yourself up for broadcasting standards so that when the day the TV station does want your feed or the radio station wants your feed or that big association wants you to work with them or that college comes a calling, you're able to deliver something to them, even on a contractual basis as a broadcaster. Cause we see that we know with our equipment, we can go in and we could actually broadcast for big networks. We've done it down in Alabama. We we've had the big networks here, take our feed from the Ohio Athletic Association, we know it can be done, but it ain't going to be done if you got an iPad, an iPhone, uh, uh, just a telephone on there and you're trying to broadcast it that way. Maybe that's pointing my finger at people, but I hope that puts it in perspective. You have to become professional, spend the money. Don't, you know, don't, don't come at this thinking it's cheap, spend the money, become professional, hire professional people, people that do their homework. Like you said, and become a broadcasting company. Don't just say you're a broadcasting company, though. Do it. Kevin? That's my, that's my soapbox. <laughs> no, that, that's fine. Um, I'll, I have no more questions. I'll give you the final word. Uh, how would you like to wrap up this episode? You know, the biggest thing I can say is there's a lot of sports to cover out there, and there's a lot of us doing it. Search for your most professional ones to do it. The value you pay us to do it and the pricing that we're trying to keep very low for you as we can helps us pay for the technology we're using to try to deliver the experience that you expect us to deliver. We know there's a lot of freebies out there that deliver some experience, but we also know that the consumer wants an experience like they see on TV, higher level, better action, better quality it costs a little money. Please understand that that's what we're trying to do. And we're probably spending more money than we're bringing in to do it right now as we get sponsors. But um, we appreciate all our fans out there that are listening and watching the shows. Uh, I know all our commentators love to hear from people. Hit them up on social media, good or bad, critique them. We only get better through your support and your help. And, and that's a, a no-brainer. Becoming a broadcaster is, is a great thing. If you're interested, hit me up. We'll talk about it. But, uh, yeah, I look forward to the season starting, and we're only a, a few short days away. My season's never ended, but only a few short days away. So, um, and yeah. Your season never ends. Wow, that sounds familiar. That's like me. <laughs> Once baseball's done, it's football and soccer and volleyball time, and then it just keeps going around. But I'm not complaining. Ooh. We say that, you know, you think about it. If you look at what we do, rolling, 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 we rolled right into boat racing. Started, I mean, we had 45, I got, I got boat racing up through October still to go. And we're starting football starts at practices 31st, the night, midnight, 31st hits. People are doing midnight madness and double days and everything else, right? You are still doing Dayton Dragons, semi-pro bat baseball, and you're doing the Kings, and we were covering golf. And the I, I haven't seen whether they're youth sports or sports never stops. People yep. go out there, and there's a lot of that's the other thing I'll tell you. There's a lot of people that come into this business and they just cover football, or they just go out and cover baseball, or they just go out and cover basketball, and the consumers bouncing around everywhere to find stuff. 
we try to cover a broad spectrum of all the sports we can all year long, 24 seven. So, and it's fine for people to have their favorite sport, but if you just focus on one, you're missing out on a ton of great opportunities out there. Yep. And then you're not a broadcaster either at that point, because you're only there for the one thing and one thing only that love of that sport or the money in your pocket. One of the two. Kevin, thanks so much for being a part of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. And that will do it for episode 246. And until next time, folks, keep it here to the local Sunday Sports Podcast. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you for listening to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Be sure to bookmark SundayPod.com, spelled C-I-N-D-A-Y-P-O-D the official website of the podcast. You can find your favorite ways of listening to the local Sunday sports podcast, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. You can also purchase merchandise from TeePublic and Redbubble to help support the podcast. Follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SundayPod and the host at The Lee W. Mowen. The closing theme is Cosmopolitan from Pecan Pie on Upbeat. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Thank you for your continued listenership and join me on the next episode.